Welcome to the Edinburgh City Supporters Club podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello everybody and welcome to episode three of the very unofficial Edinburgh City Supporters Club podcast. A happy new year to you all. We hope you have had a great festive period. Uh, you're listening to me, your host, the right Reverend Bobby Love. And as always, I've been joined today by Mr. Rooney, citizen Neil. How are we? Very well, mate. Uh, pretty bored. Nothing to do. Um, pretty. B- <laughs> pretty <laughs> no golf either because of the weather. So I've been sitting twiddling my thumbs for the last week. I think I've worked one day and, uh, since the 24th. I've worked the 24th and I've worked one day since. And I'm, so it'll be good to do oh, this. Well. Yes, I give you a bit of a break. And, of course, we're also joined by the man who loves them on. It's Mr Monks, Ali Moncrief. How are we? Very well, both very well. And a happy new year to yourself as well. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on again. No problem at all. Uh, quite enjoyed it last time, so we'll see how it goes for this. A uh, couple of quick kind of admin points to start with. Uh, we'd like to thank Scott Wilson for our new intro. Uh, it sounds pretty good. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed it yourselves. Uh, and we'd also like to extend our well wishes to Adam McCracken of Stenhouse New, who came off a pretty nasty concussion by the sounds of it yesterday. Um, obviously, it's quite a hot topic at the minute. Uh, so we we'll hope he is doing well. And then we'll get into it. Uh, usual kind of format chats. We'll start off with recent games. We'll start off with the first one, which would be our home game to Albion Rovers, which is a 5-2 win. A pretty convincing performance. Five goals from two defenders uh, because of a bit of consternation with the man in the match, which we'll probably get on to shortly. Uh, but how did you see that one going, Ali? Yeah, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was an absolutely tremendous display against an admittedly pretty poor against an admittedly pretty poor team. Since we were, it was a strange one. To I think we maybe had six shots on target or, or maybe maybe seven shots on target. So we were we were very clinical. Liam Henderson's goal scoring record is just is just incredible for a centre, but for a, a centre back or a left back depending where he's playing. But the the way he attacks the ball, Thompson's deliveries, which uh, was part of the reason he got that man of the match award, um, as, as well as free kicks, just makes such a difference and it's such an effective weapon. I think we'll maybe chat later about Rad Mack coming back into the team, but to have Thompson's delivery, his in swinging corners, and then Rad Mack from the other side. It is an incredibly potent weapon. I think that's why you've got people like Henderson scoring so regularly while Tony's chipped in previously. Um, and it was just yeah, uh, an enjoyable game to to watch. I have to say it was um, plenty of goals. It was nice to be sitting in a warm a warm house watching it rather than freezing your freezing your nuts off at, at Ainsley Park. But no, a very pleasing day, all things all things considered. Yep, really. Yeah, I can't I totally agree with Ali. Um, it seemed a bit. Being brutally honest, it seemed a bit more like it. Um, you know, Gavin McGall played pretty well as well, but you know, it just it just seemed a bit more. Um, it probably had a bit more urgency in what they were trying to do. Although you know, as if I remember, not had that many shots on target, but it just seemed a bit more like it. Um, good to see the Vita playing as well. Aye, aye, I must say, I thought I quite enjoyed the performance. Obviously, we watched it together on the stream, and it was all different times. So the goal, for some reason, came in mind before you guys. Uh, but yeah, it was good. Um, I know we caused a bit of furore with some people by not giving Liam the man of the match. Uh, and the reason very much for that was because, as you said there, Ali, Tomo's delivery was was absolutely impeccable. And the two free kicks he got were absolute worldies, man. Nobody was stopping them. Um, so for a defender, although, yeah, a defender got a hat-trick, but they've got a defender with two goals and three assists. So, ah, it, was, it was a tough one, but we deliberated over it enough, but just one of those things. Eh? Um, next match, the big one. Well, as we thought it was going to be the big one. I went to Queen's Park in a 3-3 draw. Um, I think a few of us had looked at the initial team lines and went, OK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a number of changes that a few of us were questioning, uh, but... Obviously, it kind of worked out well. That's why James gets paid the big bucks and we sit here and talk crap. Um, <laughs> uh, what did you think of that one, Rene? Yeah, I mean, 
I was I was pleasantly surprised again. I mean, it's 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 very hard to. I suppose they're different from Cove. The guys have saying they've went full time, or you know they've they've got a percentage of their players that have, that have went full time. They're signing the boy Simon Murray and stuff from, um, you know, he's playing the Premier League and things. Eh? So it's, um, yeah, like probably the two yeah, and everybody else was very surprised at the team the team lineup as well. Um, but you know, I think it's a very, very good point, and and it kind of sets a benchmark because you know that you can compete with them. Um, it just you know you've got you've got to show that level of performance and, and commitment and determination in every performance that you have, which is which is going to be the difficult thing. But I think it's a very, very good point away from home. Yeah, Polly. Yeah, I thought it was a, an exceptional performance. Uh, I, I really did. It was exactly how you want us to to play. I, I mentioned it last time, the game against Airdrie. That's when I think Don is at his most comfortable, when he can set up a team to not not necessarily dominate the game in terms of going to create chances, but to be well-organised, to hit teams on the break. And I thought we did that absolutely perfectly. You look at the guy, Jai Katongo, that was playing on that was playing wide right for them. He's had a good start to the season. Um, he's got a bit of pedigree behind him. But was taken off at half-time. He didn't get a kick. We managed him perfectly. I know Simon Murray's apparently not that fit yet, but again, I still think we, we dealt with him well. It was only when Longridge, that Louis Longridge came on. I thought he caused us a lot of problems. He's, he's quick and he's, and he's really powerful. And I have to say, I think if it hadn't been for both of our full-backs struggling, obviously with Callum Crane had to come off and Brad Mack came back in, which is great, but he's not played for a year or, or something. So he was, he did brilliantly, but was blown by the end. And then um, we had Lee Hamilton was on the other side and he was starting to struggle as as well. Maybe not a natural right back and was was having a tough time. I think if Thompson had been, I think he'd had a COVID, a COVID scare, I think if Tomo had been there or if, if Callum Crane or Rab had been fully fit, I actually think we would have won the game. Um, it was a tremendous performance. Um, we looked so good on the ball, um, so confident. And I think Josh Campbell just looked at home in that big pitch. It was a nice surface at Hamden. It's a big open space. And he was just absolutely outstanding. He was brave on the ball. Obviously, a, a, a lovely goal as well. So the first one was was tremendous. Um, and he had that midfield that I think he's going to, I think he really likes that like a black layered and brown as a midfield three that balance worked perfectly in that setup. I think, at, at Hamden. So it was an excellent performance. Frustrating we didn't win the game, but you've got to look at the, the signings Queen's Park have made. I wasn't blown away by them in terms of quality, but they are a fit team. They are a strong team and they're quick. And they've just got those guys who physically play at, uh, you can tell they play at a higher level or have played at a higher level. But in terms of quality, I thought we matched them stride for stride. Um, and it was, a, no, it was a very, very heartening display. And I think... The most entertaining game of the season, I would say, despite a, you know, a 5 2 win and a 4 0 win beforehand and an early one at Brecon, I think it was the most entertaining game. So, any neutrals that, that had tuned in would have seen a, a genuinely good game of football. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I, th- I think I'd, I'd kind of build up a little bit on, on social media as the biggest game in the SPFL at, the, at that particular weekend. And I would say it kind of, it kind of lived up to the billing. Um, if anything, I, I'm probably without wanting to sound too churlish, I was actually quite disappointed we only came away with a point. I thought for the first half we were up, we were dominant, absolutely dominant. And I think Ray McKinnon admitted that in his, his post-match interview as well. Um, probably unlucky not to be maybe more ahead. Uh, as you say, I think James has set up the team just perfectly for it. Their goals, I suppose you can look at it and say, well, one was a deflection off the Balatoni's boot that was probably not going on target. The second was a penalty that should never have been a penalty. And the third one, although kind of Hamilton retired a little bit and the guy kind of skipped around him, it was a deflection that had taken away the cross, had taken away for the goalie, and it just so happened to land at a Queen's Park player's feet who slotted it in. But what I was very impressed with was the fact that even though we did go down after being up, the boys really dug in and battled back and they matched them all over the pitch. And at times it was almost hard to see who the full-time team were. Um, so if any neutral was watching, they would have thoroughly enjoyed that match. Um, maybe it wasn't good for the heart, uh, for us being fine. But <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, no doubt. I mean, my neighbours knew exactly who'd scored. Um, <laughs> I even had a, a rap on the on the wall going, shut up! 
uh, when Gavin McGill scored the equaliser. Anyway, uh, then we move on to the Sterling Albion game, a 3-2 defeat. Um, how can we be as diplomatic as possible? Um, that first half was an absolute and utter shambles. Uh, there's no way of getting around it. Um, I was there doing social media for the club. Um, I've, I'm turning a bit of a jinx at games, I think, because that's three defeats on the spin. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> might, have to, might, have to, might have to say that. No, I'm not doing it anymore. No. Um, the first half was just diabolical. And, and James, uh, as we all know, James is very candid uh, in his post-match interviews. And he didn't particularly hold back. I don't think I've ever seen him so angry with a performance, or certainly the first half performance, as I saw him in that interview, he was absolutely livid. Uh, and I think possibly quite rightly. Um, Still in Albion came, they pressed us really high, they pressed us really quick. Um, they saw weakness probably down the left, I think, which, which kind of turned the game. There was at points where people were just standing about, not doing anything, whether that be the defence or somewhere further up the field. Yeah, it was it was a pretty a pretty tough first half. Although the second half was probably a bit better, which we'll probably discuss shortly. Ali, you sat and watched it. What do you reckon? Because it was um, one of those games. If we'd recorded this in the immediate in the immediate aftermath of, uh, <laughs> of, of the game, I think it would have been some careful editing would have been required to save uh, to save me getting an email from the from the chairman because it was just it was just so. It was the angriest I've been after a game for a long, long time. And I know you're saying the manager was was candid and he, he didn't quite call out individuals, but he wasn't far off. And his team selection in subsequent weeks has probably shown what he thought of a couple of performances. But I still, I know we've had this discussion off air about... I, I just looked at... We just seemed to be lumping the ball up to Henderson. That seemed to be from going from the week before... Mm-hmm where we'd been brave in possession, the quality had been there, players running off each other, um, little passing triangles, exactly what you want to see. We just seemed to hoof the ball up to Henderson, we had, which is not his strength anyway. We had no one anywhere near him, like Harris was, was there, McGill's there didn't, didn't get close to him once. So the ball just kept coming back to us. I know that there was individual mistakes in the defence, fine, get that, those needs to be addressed. That complete, just kicking the ball away, which we've got, got a bit of a habit of doing sometimes, I have to say. And because it doesn't stick with Henderson, if you don't get guys close to Henderson, it puts you under so much pressure because the ball doesn't stick with them and then comes back at us. And that was all it really was. I don't think Sterling Albion did anything particularly clever. They deserve credit for, for being clinical and they're, they're probably a better side than they have been previously, uh, I think. But they weren't particularly, they didn't have to do a huge amount to score the goals. The manager was right to be furious. Uh, I think he's talked about making five subs. I don't think anybody really came out of it with, with any credit. Um, I think Rab came on, Rab Mack came on and, and looked like a footballer, which got him man of the match. I think he was the only the only one that could really come out of that game with his, with his head held high. But no, it was the angriest I've been after. It wasn't just the manager that was angry. I think all of us were. Um, and just coming at, off the back of such a good performance in, at Hampton to come and just be so so poor um, and be out of the game at half time at home was just it was just an absolute shocker yeah I think it kind of typifies somewhat of a Jekyll and Hyde season but I'll come back to the, the kind of who's not the part uh, really um, yeah I, I, to be on the other hand I actually thought Southern Albion played really well in the first half really really well in the first half but that, that was probably down to a lot of our incompetence Um but, you know, you, you can't really tell if it was because City were that poor. That, But I did genuinely think that Southern Albion played pretty well. They got the homework right because their left winger played. Had a, I thought their left winger was probably the best player in the park that day. Um, you know, exposing down the right-hand side. Ali's hit the nail, bang, right on the head. As much as I, I like Hendo, um, somebody has to get close to him. And you thought it was going to be Gabby McGill. Obviously... Um, I don't know if I should watch how I say this, but Mr. Harris playing off him needs to do a hell of a lot more for me than playing week in, week out. Um, so I don't, 
a man with a bags of ability. And as, as Ali says, all we were doing was lumping the ball forward. Now, that's fair enough. If it's if Hendo's going to win balls, somebody has to get close to him. Now, we're still playing with Josh in there. You know, we're playing with Liam in there. We're playing with Mark Laird. You're probably looking at Mark and Liam to probably sit and protect him even more and let Josh get close to him. Harris has to do so much more than he does. And and I know it sounds like I'm just well, I am having a go at him, but he's not to blame for losing three goals or whatever like that. But when you've got somebody with so much ability and probably technically the best player we had on the team, probably in the squad, technically is probably is the best player we've got, and just doesn't show it. To me, it's a man down, which doesn't help. You know, I mean, we would have been better if he was letting Blair try and run the line himself. Um, and, and put balls in behind for Blair, which isn't his game either. You know, it's better having Gabby there where he can go over the top. Um, I just think that first half was, yeah. I'm, I, that's probably another one where I was sitting in my alley going, I'm glad the two of us are in the house and we can go for a beer. <laughs> um, well, obviously, I was using, using my nuts off at Ainsley Park, uh, wishing I could have been there sitting on my beers instead because uh, I was getting some somewhat tight on the. <clears throat> The city, <laughs> the city and I'm I'm going to sound like I'm just having a personal vendetta about Harrison because maybe if we were at the game we would do, but um, you know like if if the ball's going long and it's not sticking up long, you'd expect a guy with that ability to come short and pick the ball up because he can go past, he can glide past men, he glides past if he can really be bothered, he glides past everybody in that league. Because he's well, got the ability, you know, and, and he didn't. He doesn't even. As soon as the ball got close to him, something gets tight to him, gives him a wee touch, and he goes. You know, that's him. That's done. And it's like, to me, it's a. To me, it's a man down. Well, I think, I think as you say, because as he glides past players, there was that game away at Stenhouse Rear last season. I mean, he was absolutely untouchable. Yeah. And I mean, he was totally gliding past players. Yeah. Him and Sheps totally turned that game. Yeah. Um, I, I think. Now, the manager really calls out players for performances. For him to single them out, would probably tell you just how pissed off James was, I think. Because, um, as I say, like he's, he's candid. He doesn't often call out players for performances, but he did call out that one. Um, again, though, he is carrying injury. He's apparently at the team again and injured again, so without maybe being too much. But, yeah, I think it's a totally, it's a totally correct point to make. Um, in terms of the hoofing the ball up, this is where me and Ali slightly disagree because I don't think we were set up to do that. I think it goes like that because the defence started to panic and seeing their team press them so quick. Yeah. And when the team press them so quick, we fall into really bad habits of punting it. Now, Blackie, for some reason, came off. I know he kind of lost the ball a little bit. But again, when he's coming short, it stops him punting it. And then when Black came off, we didn't really replace that. But what we did is then we kind of spread out a bit more the likes of our Mac and all that. We made a massive change. And that's how it kind of turned around a little bit in the second half, I guess. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a particularly good performance and it was really kind of symptomatic of where we've been all season. Um, but then on to slightly better news, we won in the Cup against the Braves. Um, a pretty assured performance, I can probably say. I think they looked good. Um, I know they went ahead very early with a a bit of a wind-assisted rocket that nobody was stopping. Um, but we came back into it well, showed a lot of fighting spirit. Uh, Rene, what did you think? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good result. Um, you know, you could see Josh getting in the score sheet again. He's, he's certainly, if anybody's getting a shining light so far this season, it's certainly him. Um, good to see Rab as well, back playing as well. Um you know, it's it's a sticky tie because it's like it's gonna be like us going to Airdrie in the next round, you know, that you know the what are they in the Lowland League? Or they in East of Scotland, they're in the Lowland League. They're the Lowland League. You know what I mean? So they're all technically a league below us, you know. It's not as if it's you know, it's a it's a difficult um performance, a potential banana skin, but you know, apart from obviously the the wind assisted wonder strike, um, you know, it was you know, it was a pretty comfortable performance, which is good. Yep, Ali. Yeah, again, it was a, it was a bit of a potential banana skin, and you saw us go one 0 down. You're obviously a bit, a bit worried, but the guys did well to come back again. I thought Josh was Josh was getting a goal and uh, and an assist. Um, 
again, there's a lot of a lot of changing around in the team against the different forward line. You've got Uzi starting, you've got Rafa Devita playing and players. So it, I know we talked about this last time. There is a lot of changing about of the the forward line. I think the midfield three is probably quite settled. I think he's he's quite comfortable with with that. Is is first time. I was a bit surprised we didn't see maybe Danny Jordan play from the play from the start. I kind of touched on this last time, but we've not seen much from him this season. He seems to be on the bench the, the whole time. And also maybe like to have seen Sam Newman um, get a start as, as well. But obviously we just wanted to get... It's so hard to know. I, know almost, we all know almost nothing about Caledonia Braves. Um, you know, they're still called edgy sport on some of the things that you go into and, and some of the, the stats, things and stuff like that. So just glad to get ticked off and into the next round. Um it could have done a better draw than Airdrie away, which we've, just because we've just done it, you know, a month or so ago. Um, but no, good to see Rab starting, good to see Rab scoring. He's going to be a big player for us in the, the second half of the season. Yeah, um, totally agree with that. Uh, I think the main thing is we're into the next round. Um, the weather conditions were truly awful, um, to the point where I believe the referee had considered calling it off. Uh, so we're kind of glad we maybe got through that. But yeah, Airdrie and Elliot, we've already beat them this season. We've been the better performances of the season. Uh, Rooney, you watched that game with me. How do you think the next cup game will go? Um, I, I, I think Ian Murray and his, um, and his shaved scoreline on his forehead or in his, the back of his head, wherever he's got it, I'll, um, he'll, he'll probably be a wee bit more prepared. I don't know if he's um, as ignorant as he as he comes across at times, or whether he'll just you know how his his analysis of the last game was was beyond me. But then that's Ian Murray. So um, I think if we you know I, I think if his team it all comes down to team selection, as we, we've talked about and we're going to talk about Rab being back's massive. Um, you know it was it's good to get Callum come back against Queens Park. It'd be good to have Callum back as well because what a difference having the two of them. But to me, if he's we have to play Gabby and you have to play Blair uh, together. Whether you, you know Gabby plays off him, you know slightly deeper or whatever, but you have to play somebody up close to them, and I think we could cause them a lot of problems because I don't think um, they're that good. But um, you know, it's, it all comes down to selection for me, and you can't have a passenger when you, especially when you're going to league up. Um, you know he's got to pick. He's got to pick the right guys, and if he does that, you know I think we'll give them the right good go, and I would be confident that we would beat them. Yep, Ali. I think my only concern is that that we gave him that fright last time when we put in a, a, a very impressive. Don't know what to expect from us this this time again. I think if we can repeat it and keep that level of performance, uh, similar performance to the the Queen's Park game, then we can cause them. We can cause them real problems. Um, I think Airdrie have won their last. I think they beat Falkirk away and then beat Clyde away in the last couple of weeks. So they're on a reasonable, reasonable run, as far as I'm aware. Um, Lauren Rivers, Larry is still there, despite I think Dundee United having a bid going in for him apparently this this week. So I presume he'll he'll still be there. He'll still play. But you know what? I keep saying it. That's when McDonald's at his best when he's set up to set up a team to make a team difficult to beat to hit them on the break. We know the players are good enough to execute that game plan. So yeah, let's just. The only concern I have is that we've already done it to them this season, so they'll be a bit more, a bit more prepared. I think there was a bit of, a bit of hubris, a bit of arrogance from Airdrie uh, in the in the previous cup game. Didn't really know what to expect, but they'll know what to expect this time. If we can do it again, then we'll cause them, we'll cause them real problems. Yep, that sounds good. Right, moving on. We normally call it positives, but I suppose we'll kind of change it slightly to a player focus. Uh, first of all, sexy Nav Mac back the team. Fantastic to see him back, isn't it? Uh, just makes such a difference down that left side. He's an absolute Rolls Royce of a footballer. Uh, what a difference he makes, eh, Rooney? It's just, it's, and as much as, you know, I could quite easily see the two the same about Callum Crane, but to have Rab back playing left back, just what a difference. Unbelievably a difference. Liam's done well when he's played out there, but to have an actual proper left back, I mean, I know Rab and, and the last couple of years, especially when we were on a, a you know a big run a couple of years ago, um, he played a lot of left midfield, but just just Uzi's quality and Uzi's class and what he does, you know, always gets at least gets a seven out of him every week. Um, 
doesn't, you know, you're, you're not want everybody to be cloggers, but it doesn't shirk a tackle or it doesn't sh- shirk the, the basics of the game, you know, listening to, um, for my sons watching sports scene last night, and Neil McCann talking about John Hughes and how his teams always do fundamentals. You get that out of Rab. Rab does all your fundamentals, um, and and hopefully his 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 aura can rub off on the rest of the team. You know, um, I think he's a massive plus. A massive plus. Yep, Ali. Yeah, I think he's a. I think he's. A, I, mean, I think he's a championship left back. To be honest with you, I don't. Uh, you know, he's a. He's at League Two level for. For the reasons Esri and we're, we're lucky to we're lucky to have him. I would it was interesting Rooney saying about him playing further forward. I think that's probably what I would what I would do with him. I maybe would move him a bit further forward. It means if you're going to hit the ball long, he's so good in the air. Like he's physically he's he's outstanding. So if you're hitting a long ball, at least it's a diagonal, which he's got a much better chance of winning rather than a, than a straight ball. And he can he comes inside as well. You don't get a lot of left backs normally left backs can only really go are only really going to go outside but when he plays a bit further forward you see him drifting in so if he's drifting in and the left back's going an overlap turns out so whether it's Callum Crane or, or maybe even Sam Newman actually maybe gives Sam a chance to play if he's got Rab in front of him I'd like to see Rab play a bit further forward he's got a goal threat we've seen that from the last couple of weeks um, it's just a massive difference to have him to have him back he's, um, I, I think he's He's probably our best player in terms of just the, maybe him and Laird in terms of just the, I know you said about technique for, for Harris, but for me, I think Laird and, and Rab are as good, or if not better than Harris technique-wise. Uh, well, yeah, I think everybody knows I'm a huge fan of, a huge fan of Rab. I just think he makes such a difference. He's so calm on the ball. He just doesn't panic. Um, I know like, we've watched enough League Two over the last few years. Sometimes players at that level have a tendency to get the ball and panic a little bit. He doesn't do that. He's positionally aware. He's good going forward. He's good defending. I, I mean, it's, it's hard to criticise him for, for a lot of things, really. Um, he's almost, I suppose he's almost a bit like your version of Dennis Urban, though. Obviously, slightly better looking. Um, <laughs> uh, when he gives you that, you know, like a solid seven, seven and a half out of ten, and it never, ever deviates, you know. And that's and I think that's maybe kind of went against him when we do a play of the year vote, like a man of the match at least to the play of the year. Is often he maybe just gets overlooked because there'll be somebody else who has a spectacular game, but he just always gives you your seven and a half uh, out of ten. Eh? But yeah, it's a massive difference. Um, hopefully, Callum can get fit. And we can have them two together on the left again because um, I think it's probably the best left left side maybe in some of the lower divisions. Be hard pushed to them and think about anybody better. Uh, I don't granted, I don't watch a lot of the rest, but they're fantastic together. Um, next player positive, we've already mentioned them, Josh Campbell. Um, I mentioned yesterday on Twitter that I hope Hibs have forgot about him, so they don't think about recalling him or anything like that. Uh, he's been a massive, massive plus. Um, I know, I think a few people, a few you know, Twitter experts were discussing. You know, he's been at Championship, then League One, now it's at League Two. How's it going to go? But I think he's he's played pretty pretty solidly the entire time. Um, I know Jesus is massively happy with some of his his gameplay against Stirling Albion, but but for the rest of that, I think he's been great. He's got a goal threat. He's got a right engine on him that he can get up and down the park. Technically, he's very good. Uh, what do you think, Ali? Yeah, I think yeah. You know, in terms of his technique, is is outstanding. It's, it's the type of player that. Because he does try a lot of things, Josh. Like he does try difficult passes. He does take shots from from distance and scored shots from from distance. So you can see why if it's not going well for him, he's the type of player that fans are going to get on that on his back a little bit. Like I think if he, if he has a bad game, then he's going to waste the ball a lot because he tries the difficult things. But he's had so few bad games for us, and he's good. He's strong. He is a strong boy. Um, uh, be interesting to see where he goes in the in, in his career, but certainly when you look at the lone players that have come down to us from whether it's Hibs or, or maybe Celtic and, and Rangers we've had, he looks he probably looks the best or, or very close to the best apart from apart from Porteous um, in, the, in, in the early days. But no, he's been a, a massive player for us. Chipped in, I think maybe four or five goals, some absolute crackers as as well. I think we just. It's interesting because we, I know Danny Handling's out at the moment. Uh, obviously, we've, we've talked about Harris, and it's about 
how you get that type of player into the team and what the balance is around him. Does he play that kind of number ten role? Do you have him coming in from the coming in from this the side? It's difficult because I still don't know where, what his best position is, but he's been he's been absolutely outstanding for us, and I think we would really miss him if he did go back to Hibs in in January. I think that would cause us a huge a huge problem, to be honest. Yep, Neil. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm still very, very, very surprised that we have him. I mean, looking at um, because we had nothing else to do yesterday on the on the second of January, um, I sat and watched um, the the self proclaimed by some Hibs supporters the only Edinburgh derby they were you know, were getting the Easter Road this year against Livingston, um, and uh, Livingston tore them apart in the middle of the park, um, and so I'm very surprised that he's not there. If I'm being honest, but um, I'm delighted that we've got them. Um, their losses are very, very much our gain. Um, I get like Ali says, though, you know, he's the type of guy that will try stuff and guys will get frustrated, but you need guys like that in your team. If you have guys like that in your team, you win more games than you lose. So um, I'm, I'm delighted. Delighted we've got them. Yeah, I've got to echo that. I just hope that we get to keep them. And it's not like a, a Dundonated Declan Glass scenario where they're a column and then sit on the bench and do nothing. Um, yeah. I, I, I really hope we can kind of keep them. I think sometimes they're better learning by playing rather than sitting on the bench and watching. Uh, and I think that's where we are with Josh. Uh, and I hope they can see that as well. Uh, it'd be a massive, massive loss if he goes. Um, but I would obviously hope that the, the gaffer has some contingencies in place just in case. Uh, right, last positive, um, and then we can kind of segue into probably the biggest negative so far. Uh, we're scoring quite a lot of goals. Um, it would appear that we've scored more goals than anybody else in League Two. Uh, more Ainsley Park for throws and spills, apparently, because you see more goals there than anywhere else in the league. Uh, what do you think, boys? Ali? I think a lot of it comes down to, to the delivery. We talked about that, that earlier. I think that's a an amazing weapon for us, you know, Thompson's, Thompson's ball in. And, you know, we have signed a lot of attacking players. Our, our team is absolutely stacked full of, 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 of attackers. Liam Brown as well getting getting forward. And I just wish we could, I know we'll come on to the, on the negatives, but a lot of those goals we're seeing are coming at the, at the other end. But I, I suppose it's good that the goals are being spread out amongst the team. We're getting goals from from defence. Most of our defence are, are, are goal scoring threats. Brown is from midfield. We've talked about Josh. If, if Harris can get playing, we've got goals off the bench as well. So I think, in obviously, not last season but the season before, everything seemed to go through Blair. Uh, when we first came up, we were really looking for for Uzi to 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 get goals for us, but. The goals really are spread out amongst the team now, um, and we've got good players. But when guys are confident, are trying things, we should be scoring goals. We should be better than a lot of the teams in this league. I don't think it's a great, I don't think it's a great league at all. When you look at when you look at Brecon, when you look at Albion Rovers, really, really poor standard. To be honest, lots of young kids. They've got guys, you know, eighteen, nineteen-year-old centre halves coming up against guys like Blair Henderson, Alex Harris, and stuff. They're they're, they're going to struggle. Um, but no, it's been nice to see that. Nice to see the goals going in. Long way it continue. We just need to keep them out at the at the other end. Yep, Nuni. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I don't think it's good for the old tucker yeah, with the old. You know, it's it's great to see scoring goals, but then we you we look at the man and you take three 0 every week rather than a five two. So um, yeah, but I don't. I think it's just. I don't know if it's just football in general just now because there's no fans. And I think, I think I don't know if we touched on this in our last podcast, but I don't want to sound too harsh, but you know, it's like wacky accountability at the moment. So I think for football in general, because you know, if they can see the goal, then it's like, right, we'll just go to the park and score another one. But you know, you can imagine some of the goals we can see. We're t- might be talking about positives. Eh? We've scored a lot of really good goals so far this season. Um, yeah, it's good to see them getting spread about. We'll get to the negatives in a minute. Aye. Aye. I think I think it's right. I think <laughs> Kenny slightly relied too much on Blair in his first season, which was understandable when you're knocking him like 40 goals. Um, but then when he wasn't there last year, uh, kind of times maybe struggled a little bit. But to see them spread out 
especially getting a number of goals for midfield has, has been a bit of a, a bit of a positive actually. Um, but yes, we've touched on it. The negatives, uh, unlike the last couple of years, we seem to be leaking a lot of goals. Um, I know the defence hasn't necessarily been consistent, maybe like it has been the last couple of years, where it was always Balatoni and, and Liam in the middle, with Tomo down the right and uh, Rab or Callum on the left. Whereas now it's we're now on a third left back, I suppose. Callum started, got injured, Rab's there, Sam's played there. We've had Liam play there, so actually four, I do apologise. Uh, Changing the centre half, either Liam or Lee Hamilton, who I think's actually played pretty well, uh, alongside Conrad, and then Tomo's been in, then out, then back in again. Is it just this lack of consistency that we've got there that's maybe causing the issue, or is there something else untoward, Ali? It's a strange one because I think there's there is individual mistakes. They're, they're are causing there's so many of them that you think there must be something there must be something further there I have to say I don't think Balotones has been good has been as good this season as we've as we've seen him and he was obviously he he would organise the, the defence him and him and Liam had a great partnership I don't know if it feels like obviously Andy Black's back in now Laird's been in and out it feels like all the midfielders are pushing forward we don't seem to have as much protection either. I'd probably miss Scott Shepherd defending from the front as well. Like I, I think we've mentioned this, this previously. It's not just about the defenders doing their job. It's about how everybody else presses and causes the, you know, stops the other team playing as well. I don't think we're stopping the other team playing at the moment. We're letting them come through. That's exposing our defence much more. I think for me, that's maybe more of a more of an issue. Um, but as yeah, Rooney's right, it's a strange atmosphere just now. Watch when you watch games of football. Some of them are like are like training games, and that that's always going to lead to to a bit of sloppiness. And I think that's that's coming to our play. But I think we can't just look at the at the defenders. I think the main thing for me is is, is Val Tony hasn't been as good as he's as he's been previously. There's been a drop off in form for him, um, but I don't think we're defending as well from the front. I really, really don't. And that's something we need to we need to resolve. We need to get ourselves higher up the pitch, um, and we need to, to to press more. That was what when we play well and when we have done well. Especially teams that sit in a bit against us, sit in a bit against us, we can get further up the park and, and cause them problems rather than, than, than inviting them on. Uh, yes, I think that was particularly pertinent against Annan when you saw us playing a wee bit yeah. higher up. Blair was probably the best game I've seen him play actually. When he was he was harrying defenders, he was an absolute nuisance. Um, obviously, Gary McGill, he's he's got a knock. Hope he's back soon. He was doing that. He was kind of slightly replacing the Scott Shepherd role. I do agree, I definitely. I think, I think we probably need to defend higher up and use the forwards a bit more, maybe the midfield a bit more. Because I know, although Andy drops deep, um, Blackie can he be a total protector for the back four. Um, as much as we'd, we'd probably like him to be, sometimes he's a wee bit of hand there as well, I think. Uh, Rooney, what do you think? I think, just you know, touching on Blackie, I think you've, we've got to remember that, you know, his, like Rav, had been out for so long. Yep, yep. You know, to, to play them, Consistently all the time, and you know they're maybe going to have to play a couple of games and then be taken out. Um, but you know, I, I, can't, I can't disagree with either of what you said. I think the biggest thing for me is, as much as regardless of playing higher up or whatever, whatever that line plays, it's the consistency in the back four. I mean, we've seen it. You know, the Callum Antel settled down so much over the last couple of seasons compared to you know when we thought we should have signed Lev Yashin. Um, you know, the, who was the, our man that um, signed for Cowden Beef? David McGurn. Oh, David McGurn. You know, when we could, you know, we thought, why would I sign Levy Ashley? But then you've seen Callum settled because he had a settled back four in front of him, and what a difference it made. I think that's playing up just now. I think that's the biggest problem, um, and that's that's nobody's fault. But to the same token, as well, have we had anybody that's really pushed Conrad and Liam? With not, mm-hmm. you know, the guys, Chris Kane, Chris Kane was all right. You know, he came in and done a job now and again. He played a few good games for us. Um, you know, we've had some guys come in and go, they're just, you know, they're squad players. So there's nobody really pushed them at all. Whether the guy Hamilton will do that, hopefully he will. But that's probably what it needs. It probably needs 
somebody to really push them because um, it's a you know it's, it's that's probably with an element of a I'm not going to I don't want to say complacency but you know it's it's kind of well I'm playing and nobody's going to push me out of my position next week you know especially when Rab and that were all injured um, you know for playing left back etc but I think that's probably and that's probably the hard thing to do is to go and find somebody that will push them and be quite happy to sit and not necessarily you know start in that and, and hopefully the boy Hamilton will do that and push you to them to try and get improvements out of them yeah, I mean, so, as I say, like, Lee Hamilton's had two of our man of the matches. I think he's played really well. He played actually really well alongside Liam on Saturday. So if there's a need maybe to rest Conrad, that might be an option. Um, I know, obviously, Conrad had mentioned during a couple of podcasts in the summer that some of these artificial pitches were going through his legs a little bit. So maybe if he needs that wee bit of, wee bit of a break, um, maybe just to recharge the batteries and maybe using Lee and... Liam would be good. Um, but in yeah. terms of using a, using that as a positive, you said obviously about Callum playing a bit better when he's got a settled kind of back four. I actually think he's still playing really well, even though it's been a bit choppy changey. Yeah. Um, he's had some really good saves this season. Uh, he had another couple of crackers against Cali Braves as well. So, fingers crossed we can keep that going. Uh, right. Next part, uh, New Year hopes, chaps. What do we have hopes for the New Year? Rooney. Um, I successfully move into my flat without any hitches and um, uh, I get a 50% pay rise at work. <laughs> uh, hopefully one of those happens because one of those will be in my control. Um, Football-wise, city-wise, I would like to see us try and, you know, clinch second. You know, I'm really trying to string some games together with consistency. Um I know it's difficult just now because we talk about the negatives and, and, and I don't have another word for it, lack of accountability, but, you know, for you, as much as Bob and I could be heard, uh, you know, before Ali joined us, you know, me and Bob could sit at the back of Middle Bank and the players could hear us, <laughs> you know, when we sat in the last row and we had a call, you know. So, you know, but to the same token, they could hear us cheering them on if we still sat in the back row and we cheered them on, you know, so, you know, it's working that way as well. Um, and obviously Ali, Ali does what Ali does. So um, I would like to see a, a, a level of consistency that, you know, we can string results together. We, we are quite easily the second best team in the league, if not equally as good as Queen's Park. But Queen's Park have got that level of consistency. Now, you know, and I would just want to see us produce a bit of level of consistency. I think as well, you know, James has maybe brought in so many guys. You look at the guys like Sir Jordan, etc. And we've got so many guys that you're going to have like Sir Blackies, Lairds. Um, you know, they're maybe not going to play every single week, but for one reason or another, it's going to be difficult. But I think that's that's that is my hope. And Sam Newman to get more game time. Okay, I think uh, former chairman Lumsden would uh, echo that final point. Um, Ali, what's your hopes? Well, I think after I, th- I think I fully agree with Rooney in terms of where we are in the league, and I do think we'll make the playoffs. To be honest with you, whether it's second, third, or, or fourth, when the league's gone now, Queen Sparkle, Queen Sparkle obviously win the, the league, so I think we will make it into the playoffs pretty comfortable with that. So I'd like to see a cut run. We've got Airdrie away. We've, we've touched on it. It's a winnable. It's a winnable tie, just to get something a bit a bit different. You know, we're deliberately not mentioning that the hope would be to get back into football stadiums. There's, there's no point talking about about that, really. But just to get something a bit, a, a little bit different, and and just to get your interest, not your interest back in, because you know you kind of get in the routine of watching watching the games. We do a, a Zoom chat and all that kind of stuff. But it'd be nice to get a little bit of buzz around the a little bit of a buzz around the club. And I think a, a cup run and a, and a good cup draw would would do that for us. So that would be that would do for me. Yep, uh, you're saying a buzz about the club. Maybe a bit too much, uh, but I would really like to see us finally announce that we maybe have a ground. Mm. Um, that would give us a real massive lift, I think. Uh, it would be a massive lift for a lot of the fans. Um, obviously, Spartans have been accommodating, uh, but it's not easy to get there, It's not, especially from our traditional base in the East. 
Yeah. Uh, especially if you want a pint, you don't want to drive, it can be quite difficult mm. to get to. Um, so it'd be nice maybe if we had that. Uh, I know Jim Brown, our chairman, had mentioned on the Peter Martin podcast about us maybe thinking about full time. Um, I don't know if that would be an option under current circumstances or if we'd have to wait until fans go back in. Uh, so that's another one for me. So ground, full-time football, uh, anything else you can think of there, chaps? Or if you just want to add to that, Ali? No, that would be that would be fine for me. Uh, if we could get a bit of clarity on what the what the plans are for the, the club, we're probably in a slightly better position than a lot of other clubs because we don't, uh, you know, we're renting a ground, we don't, we don't, have our own ground that we need to upkeep. Uh, we weren't relying on like match day revenue in terms of social clubs or anything. So it'll be interesting to see when we come out the other side of this. Actually, are we in a in a better position? And and does that mean we can we can maybe look at options for grounds that were closed off to us previously? There's income pressures all over the all over Edinburgh just now. Projects that were expected to be up and running by now aren't. Does that give us an opportunity to maybe get uh, to get ourselves involved in something? And and yeah, just to a bit of clarity for the club and, uh, and yeah, get that buzz around and just see where we're going to be going for the next the next few years. Yeah. Really? I think the only thing for me is could be, and you know, we're, we're sounding like we're complaining after we've, we've certainly seen the rise of, for myself, being, you know, watching the old East of Scotland League and, and things like even before that, yon time and going to the depths of some places in Scotland and watch City. So um, <laughs> I think it would be typical of us and typical as probably the three of us being sporting fans and and, and the, any other City fan that probably could be the most inconsistent season we'll have under McDonough and get promoted. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean we've, had, we've had a couple of cracking seasons. We've really... I mean, it was heartbreaking getting beat off Clyde. Sorry for swearing on the on the on the podcast, but it was it was heartbreaking when we got beat off them in the in the playoff, um, and we just seemed to run out of steam, you know. And then obviously getting beat off that, um, I don't, I don't. Would you call them the rugby team from Wales? Um, I don't know what you would call them, but certainly not a football. Certainly team. wasn't a football team. Wasn't certainly it? wasn't a football team. Um, I wish I had tapped it, but I met, I met the value in Peter Head. He was like. Don't worry, we'll have a plan for you. I'm like, you didn't look that intimidating, mate. You were quite short, to be honest. He was a bit bob's height. So, um, I think he had played centre half, mate. But uh, so yeah, to to me that would that would just be this awkward, difficult period that's happening in the world. It would be typical of City to be our most inconsistent season and get promoted. Uh, it was just as, as Ali mentioned. I would have to get in the, in the playoffs, and I was thinking. You know what? We've had two really decent seasons the last two. <laughs> we were, where everybody was like, oh, they're maybe going to go up this time, they're maybe going to go up. Now it's just like, are we even going to make the playoffs? <laughs> and maybe just, you know, just go, oh, we just, we just kind of like sneak in the back door and get up. Um, but I suppose if you mention that, I don't know what you guys are thinking, but I believe the gaffer's deal is up at the end of the season. I don't know if we need some clarification there as well, or if we need to see how that pans out. Uh, Jim Kelly. Yeah, it's an interesting one because he's obviously a very highly regarded coach, uh, and you can see the professionalism he's brought to the the club and the players really like working under him. But he's got to get us out of the league too. Like it, it does. We don't, you know, but he he has ambitions higher up the pyramid, brilliant and, and rightly so, and he and he should be there. I think he can. I think the plan is it gets a good bit of the way up with Edinburgh City, but he needs to get us there. Like, you know, he's, he's been in charge for a while now. It's, it's his own players that are in, in the club. He gets a lot of the run of the club. You know, he can, the demands he puts on players are there. Some of the professionalism that's been brought in is, is tremendous. But he needs to get us promoted. That's what, that's what matters in the end. OK, we've been unlucky, but, unlucky, but you know, we've had really good teams being in the league with us and it's Queen's Park this year. But you know what, next year it'll be Kelty Hearts probably, who have obviously got big money behind them. So excuses can only go... So far, I would expect I would expect him to get to if he doesn't go up this year. I think that might be it. To be honest with you, I think he might think that um, he's better served elsewhere. It depends on what offers he gets, but if I don't see him doing another season for us in League Two, total guesswork. But um, <laughs> that would be my that would be my thought. Well, I, I was actually thinking that 
he's made mention a couple of times, he did it in the Q&A during the summer, that he kind of misses full-time football. So I'm wondering if the wee nugget of us going full-time might keep him. Mm. And if that would make a difference. Um, I suppose we need, I suppose we're not going to see how that goes until we're past yon COVID times. Uh, what do you think, Rene? Yeah, it, 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 like Ali, it's it's just going to be complete guesswork. But I think it, I, I totally agree with you. You know, it's, the progression is there year in year, and, and you know, the, we're now the expectation as we get promoted. You know, from it came in to stay in the league. You know, I still remember celebrating that first weekend that we were off the bottom of the league, you know. So, you know, it's 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 it's, it's raised expectations, and quite rightly so, from what he's done and, and who he's brought in. Um, I think a lot of it will come down to him signing on, as much as it would be gutted to spend another year on League 2, it's probably what you're saying about the nugget of, of, of going full-time, but is sitting down with the chairman and the majority shareholders and saying, look, What's the script? What are we going to be doing in three years' time, four years' time? What am I getting next season? You know, as as much as um, we have signed a lot of really, really good players, there's probably players around about the league you go, if you had the extra budget, you could get them. Um, And they would improve us. Not to disrespect anybody we have, but I think that's probably where it comes to. You're not going to get to the stage where we can have as much as, you know, we all love it in football manager terms, where you've got 22 full-time players that if one gets injured, you can put another one in, you know, and they're experienced pros. But I I, th- I think that's probably where it'll come to, where he sits down and has these discussions with um, chairman and majority shareholders and go, look, what's the script? What am I getting to play with? Um, and then, you know, if he signs another contract and then he gets X on his budget, then so be it. And then he's accountable even more. But um, I would I would be gutted to see him go. But then it comes down to as as I've as I've had to put up with um, in recent years with fallen hearts as well. Um, to be fair, when we got rid of Craig Levine, I would have taken anybody. As as who do you bring in? Um, and I think that's where it comes to next. Is you know who's going to take on that project? I think a lot of people look at it as a project rather than seeing it as a um, you know it should maybe go into. Some, one of the other teams, and it's like, like I said the last time, the guy from Stirling Albion just happy to stay in the league and all that stuff. You know what I mean? It's it's nice to have ambitions to do other things, but I think yeah. a lot of it will be in rounding up discussions with um, the chairman and, and the majority shareholder. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll echo that. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of James. Um, I think the, 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 the level that he's taken the club to has is, is maybe spoiled us a little bit. Um, and the, the kind of level of player that he's brought in as well, using his contacts, is is far beyond anything I think we could ever imagine when we first got promoted. Um, so yeah, you know, I quite I quite like the way he's candid in interviews as well. I think it's really refreshing to have a boss who is willing to be straightforward in interviews as he is, rather than the usual uh, maybe he's aye, maybe he's no. This was the good, that was the good. He's he's pretty clear in what he thinks was good, what he thinks wasn't good. And I think that's good for us to hear as fans. Um, so I, it's it would be, I mean, obviously he's, he's done a great job. I've come second twice, semi-finals of the, the the Challenge Cup, fourth round of the Scottish Cup for the first time in our history as well. So I, I, there's a lot of positives, um, and I'd be another one to be quite upset. I think if we went, but we'll just have to see what happens in the coming months. I guess. Uh, hopefully, we can get. Uh, Kevin Brown on, and we can give him a good grilling as to what's going to happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, on to our new regular section, Mr. Monks Moans. On you go. Well, this will be a, a relatively quick one and a relatively easy one. Um, as we sat in, and we're going to ignore that it's still an Albion James, we talked about it already. But in March and April, we all of last year now we all sat here wondering what was going to happen with league reconstruction and, and what we're going to do etc etc and the elephant in the room that I don't actually think was discussed very much was that they obviously curtailed last season and that that hurt us but there was no guarantee at all that this season was going to be finished the season we are in just now so as we're sitting here and we're, we're in all in tier four so we 
We can now meet outside in the park, and that's where it certainly can't go for a pint anytime soon. I don't think this season's going to get finished. I think the only reason games aren't being called off at this level, you've seen the games in England, all the games at this level play are not being called off because we don't have the same testing regime. We don't have to go through the, the testing that the players in the top level do. I think we're going to have two ruined seasons here. Um, I, I generally don't say we're going to finish. And it could have been avoided if we'd played, and this is old news, if we'd played last season to a conclusion. Because this was always the problem and this was always the big issue. And I don't think it was spoken about enough that this season is at risk as well. So the 2020-21 season is at risk as well. And I think it's going to happen again. I think something's going to have to happen and the season's going to be called, whether it's just in the lower leagues, whether it's in the Premier League as well, because we can't afford to be testing players twice a week. That's what they've gone to in England. There's no chance we can do that. Absolutely none. Um, I know we had the, we've had the grants, we've had some, some money, which is, which is great, keeping clubs afloat. But I think all of this might end up being for nothing. And it could have been avoided if we'd been allowed to play last season to a conclusion and had this season as the one that was curtailed. We're going to end up, I'm sure of it, as two curtailed seasons. And it's just down to... It's just out of Scottish people not being able to just put the differences aside and just come out with a sensible option, you know, put the, the common good in, in place. And it just frustrates you that throughout of all of this, and the world will change, obviously, when we, by the time we get back to it. And it just seems that Scottish football is going to be exactly the same. Just completely incapable of speaking with one voice and capable of, of looking after its, its member clubs. But I have to say, I know we're talking about playoffs and things. I'd be stunned if we got to it. I really would. And it's, it could have all been dealt with if we'd, um, if we'd just played last season to a conclusion. And then this season was a shorter one, um, as it is anyway. Um, but just it felt inevitable. And I think it's coming. It's coming now. So that's my, my big moan. It's not a new one. It's not an original one. But I think that it's going to cost us all. I, I feel, Bob, I'm going to jump in here. See, when we do some editing, we're going to put a round of applause at the end of that. Because, <laughs> and, it, and it bugs me, um, and I, I won't hide the fact that I have a season ticket at Tynecastle as well. But when you say, you know, that Scottish football having one voice, Scottish football has the voice of the ugly sisters in the west of Scotland, and that is it. And it was only finished, it was only stopped last year, so Celtic could finish their nine in a row and then have a chance of winning their 10 in a row this year, which has been absolutely delighted because it looks like they're going to get egg on their face. Um, so I I totally agree with everything you said. It should have been finished like down south. Um, you know, as we've seen um, cases for, you know, due, unfortunately due to the pandemic we're in, but cases are going to go up like folk naturally have the flu, and Bob and I have discussed this over many um, uh, pints of beer, um, that it was going to increase at this time of year because folk just naturally get the flu. You know, it's a cold point of the year, so folk are naturally going to get ill. Um, yeah, and just Scottish football being Scottish football, let's just shut the door. Nobody else comes in. Nobody goes out. We're not going to worry about promotion or relegation. I come back to, and Albion Rovers fans, if anybody listens, I apologise, but comes back to your chair, the, the manager having a goal going, I'm glad we don't have to go to Broda and buy the guys lunch. You know, it, it just... It's, I totally agree with Ali. We should have been playing. I know Bob will talk maybe I'll talk about summer football, but you know we should have been. Um, we should have finished the season during the summer when we could have finished the season, and that's taken my heart's hat off before anybody goes. Hearts would have probably still got relegated because they were still stinking. So um, Edinburgh City wise, we should have finished that last season. Um, you know, and this season could have been reduced, and if they had started it. At a reasonable time, and still had the same amount of weeks, we would have been fine. Now, granted, obviously the rules in Scotland are different compared to the rules in England, um, where Boris seems to be a wee bit more um, blasé is probably the best way of putting it compared to um, Nicholas Sturgeon, who seems to be a wee bit more strict. Uh, so, but yeah, I I would love that. Probably comes out of hopes of two thousand and twenty-one. I would love Scottish football to have one voice, but unfortunately, the voice is concerned about two teams. Um, and that's it, which is really disappointing. Yep, I think it's, it's been a terrible dereliction of duty by those at the top of the SPFL. Um, I don't think many people really, if they've been true to themselves, would disagree. Um, in terms of the testing, uh, the twice-a-week testing only applies to those in the Premier League in England, um, as I've found out by following the likes of Ipswich, who are currently going through their own COVID outbreak. 
as the EFL teams have only been tested twice since the season started. Um, so it's not just the lower leagues in Scotland that are having problems with testing um, when it comes to COVID, um, especially the risky variant. But, but yes, Bob, I don't think I I don't think that we can compare sort of League One, League Two, and the Championship of England to to Scottish football because these guys will still be getting thousands of pounds a week, and to that just it's ridiculous as a country that you know they're expecting it. And I don't, you know, they're not expecting it. The Premier League are testing a player twice a week, which is great. Every every tier of English football down to League Two, if you're paying somebody more than a thousand pound a week, you should be testing everybody twice a week. Simple, you know what I mean? It's 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 as simple as that. You shouldn't be going it. Oh, we're in League Two, we're short of money, right? Like I remember, and I'm I'm, I'm really going off on a, on a rant here, but if um. You know, I can remember Hearts players going down to play in League Two in Boston and going down for four grand a week. Now, that's ten years ago. You can't tell me there's guys down in League Two in England not on that at the moment. If they can't afford to test twice a week, they should be having a word with us. So I think that's, uh, I think it's horrendous. I, I tend to agree, but the new salary cap's in place. So, so the, um, actually, the players in League One and League Two in England are going to be on a lot less unless they sign a contract before the 1st of July or something. Um, yeah, that's that's not in place at the moment, though, is it? Yes, it is. is. It? Well, they'll still be paying guys thousands of pounds a week. I, I agree. I agree. I know. I know it's almost getting <coughs> apples and oranges, but I, I think both both leagues offer a dereliction of duty to their players, and the fact that they're not getting their hands in their own pockets, or they're not finding help for somewhere else to go and test their players. I just think that's an absolute shambles. Um, but. That's the way it's going to go, I'm afraid. Um, we will find out with the first minister tomorrow what's going to happen. Um, what does it look like? It's going to be a full lockdown again, so I'd be surprised if she allows the elite sport to continue. Yeah. We'll find out tomorrow, some point tomorrow afternoon. Um, I'm sure we'll all be sitting there waiting, excited to see what happens. Or perhaps not. Um, right, so we'll find Mr Monk's bones, we'll find Rooney's rants, uh, we'll get Bobby's bonus. Uh, is there much to complain about? Probably not, although I am sick to death again. Yet again, I'll have a dimension of me having to pick up the evening news uh, for putting <laughs> articles on the website. It is an absolute pain in the hoop. Uh, and I'll keep it there, I'll keep it short. Uh, also, this is the first post that's my wonderful television appearance. Uh, thought I'd just get that one in again there. Um, if you haven't seen it, people, uh, why not? But. Um, uh, yeah, I was on the view for the terrace. Uh, they asked me to do an article written for Pure Football about me becoming an City supporter. Uh, you will find it on all our socials. You'll find it on the club social and the BBC Scotland social. Uh, it's not very long. It's about three and a half minutes. Uh, so, yep, uh, I'm now a, a fully-fledged TV celebrity. <laughs> I, I never realised you were such a big fan of the show, Bob. Um, well, we'll maybe not go into that too much detail with that one. Um <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yes, right. So, is there anything else you guys want to bring up before I curtail the show? I feel, I feel my rant was was just typing onto alleys, and I'm probably going to have to curtail my proper rant. But um, well, if you want to, if you want to go for one, go for it. Um, I feel so, that it depends where we're going to go with that. It does. It does. But I'll try and keep it. I'm looking at the time. I'll try and keep it short. I, th- I, my biggest bugbear of watching football. Is it, we talked about unselfish runs, but it's just guys not willing to pull their weight. And I, I think I've moaned enough throughout the whole of the podcast with guys not pulling their weight. You know, they might get easier now because we're not in the stand, but we will be back in stand shortly. Guys just need to pull their weight. And if it's not gone for you and you're giving 100%, nobody's going to bat an eyelid because everybody will go, at least they tried. You know what I mean? Um, certain guys don't even try. Now, thankfully our, our illustrious leader uh, McDonough has dropped certain people and they've not played since. Um, you know, just give 100%. You know, it's not but you're not doing 50 hours a week. I, I, I could go really go on and really rant really long for this, but just give 100% and, um, and people will back you. It's probably the way to go. Okay, do you want to add to that, Ali? Are we happy with that? No, that's fine. I'll say uh, my views on certain things are when we're back in the stand. I feel like I need to make a 
make a better a difference. I don't know. I don't know when I'll. I don't know when I'll when that will be. Um, but no, um, I don't know if there's anything else for for me. Obviously, we've got, we'll have to try and fit this rearranged game in with with beef. But you know, the on, on the topics for this, the weather forecast is not great for the coming weeks. And you know what Central Park's like. It's it, it is muddy, and when it's cold, it, it's just it's a dangerous pitch. It. So I don't know when we're going to get that fitted in. Um, but a tight season anyway is going to cause even more problems. So. Um, a midweek trip to be back into the players. So that's one of the times you'll be glad you're not allowed to go to the ball games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Aye. Okay. Uh, just a couple of things before I end the show. Um, hopefully for our next podcast, you'll have an interview with a friend, Ash Wilson, who is writing a new book about his times as an Edinburgh City fan, Good Citizen, Bad Citizen. Uh, so he's going to come on and talk about the book, uh, what's going to be in it, uh, a wee bit about what it's like to try and write a book, a debut book. Um, you'll find them on at Good Citizen Bad on Twitter and also at Cathedral underscore Sport. So we'll hopefully have him on next time. Um, should you wish to join the Supporters Club, you can DM us on Twitter at, at Club Citizens or email us uh, once I can remember how to get into the email address of uh, Club Citizens at Yahoo. Com. So with that, I will say goodbye to Mr. Rooney. Goodbye. Adios, Mr. Moncrief. And goodbye to our listeners, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye.